Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. Hi guys, welcome. Thank you guys for joining. Before we get started, I just want to mention again, don't forget if you live in the in the Colorado Springs area, we have an identity class coming up. It's a free class. It's nine weeks. It'll be on the west side of Colorado Springs at another uh, ministry called Hope Advanced that starts April 1st. So make sure that you sign up, even though it's a free class, I'm asking people to register so that we know how many people are going to be there. So there's a link in the description box. Click on that. Uh, just put in your name and let us know that you're coming. We're super excited about that. I'm going to keep reminding you guys every week about that. All right, so we are in the middle of our series called RESIDE, which is an acronym. And it comes from, if you haven't been with us, it comes from the verse in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. And we're going to look at the Amplified Classic version. I'm going to read this verse every week because I want people to get it. I want people to remember it. I want it to get ingrained in your head so that you can walk these things out. Amen. All right, so 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9 in the Amplified Classic Version says, Be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Peter is warning us. He's telling us that as believers, we have an enemy that's coming against us. But he doesn't just tell us the bad news. He actually tells us what to do about it. He continues and he says, withstand him, be firm in your faith. And then he tells us how to do that. The Amplified Classic Version literally writes out what that looks like to to withstand him, to withstand the enemy, and to be firm in our faith. And it says, against his onset, before he ever attacks, here are some things that we can do in order to withstand the enemy and be firm in our faith. Be rooted, be established, be strong, be immovable, be determined. Amen. And this spells out, it spells out reside, but I put an E, which is enduring. So we have this acronym that spells out reside. So that is the series that we're doing. So far, we've talked about being rooted in Christ. We've talked about being established in Christ. And today we're on the S and we're going to talk about being strong in Christ. What does it mean to be strong in Christ? The word strong means able to withstand great force or pressure. So we have this picture of the enemy coming against us. He's moving and he's pushing up against us. He's going to try to stop us from doing what God is calling us to do. He's going to try to tempt us and he's going to try to cause us to fall. So we see this picture of us being strong and standing there, being firm, not letting him take us down, not letting him tempt us, not letting or not letting him the temptation that he gives us not falling into or choosing that temptation. We are going to be tempted, but we don't choose that temptation. So we have this picture of us being strong and being able to do it and being able to withstand pressure. And I think sometimes in, in the Christian world, I've seen this a lot where we think that this is about us. This is about our strength. This is about us making ourselves strong. And, and I get that. And I understand that because growing up, 
I was told my name actually means strong woman. Now, my mom told me this to speak life into me. So it was, it was very life giving. But in my little child brain, the way I heard it was you need to be strong. You need to push through. You need to, you need to, you need to. And so I had this thing in my head that told me that no matter what happened to me, I had to be strong. I had to be the strong woman that I was called to be because that's what my name means. And so I'm going to live up to this. And now it has made me tough over the years because I've, I've gotten a lot of injuries. And I think that mentality of just pushing through is it can be a good thing to a point. But the whole point is that we were never made to be strong in and of ourselves. And I love what Paul says in Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do all things, but he doesn't stop there, does he? He says, I can do all things, what? Not in and of myself. Let's look at this. For I can do all things through Christ through Christ who gives me strength, not through me who gives me strength. Now, I want to talk about this verse for a minute because a lot of people have a misunderstanding about this. He's not saying you can go out and you can do whatever you want, just whenever you want, and, and God will give you the strength to do just sloppy and, and sinful things. No, this is an excuse to do whatever you want throw Christ's name on it. No, there's a purpose in this, and, and there's a bigger message here. And we're going to read we're actually going to read in the Amplified Classic version as well, because I want to get this point across to you guys. And I love how this is written. So it says, not that I, and we're going to start in verse 11. So we're going to read Philippians 4, 11 through 13. He says, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, because for I have learned how to be content. And then it says, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted. So now he's talking about being content in whatever state I am. I know how to be abased and live humbly in straightened circumstances, in difficult circumstances. He's learned how to, how to be okay. He's learned how to be content. And I also know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. So he's, he's learned how to be content in the good and in the bad. I have learned in any and all circumstances, the secret of facing every situation. So we can apply this to our verse that we're talking about in any sorts of situation. When the enemy is coming after us, when we're being pounded, when he's pressuring us, when he's tempting us, we can apply these truths that Paul is talking about, about being content. And then he goes on. I've learned in any and all circumstances, the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. And then here it is, listen to this part. I have strength for all things in Christ, I love this, who infuses, he infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient, listen, in Christ's sufficiency. So I'm self-sufficient, not in myself, but in Christ's sufficiency. Christ is enough. See, our weakness is what makes God's power just exuberate out of us. What happens when I am weak? What happens in my weakness? His power is made perfect because in that moment, I'm inviting the Lord to come in. I'm realizing that I'm not enough, that I'm weak, that I can't do this. That it, Just like Paul, he couldn't be content in any, in any situation unless he had God's power in his own life. 
Amen. And, and that's what we're doing. We're inviting God's power to come in our own life and to fill the gaps of where we lack. And where do we lack? We lack in strength. We're, we're not enough. We, and it's very humbling to come to this point. It's very humbling to get to that point to realize that I'm not enough, that I need a savior. But we do it when we first get saved, don't we? But as we walk our Christian life out and as we read our Bible and we go to our Bible studies and we go to church and we begin to get filled up, we begin to be become more reliant on ourselves, and we begin to push God away and we begin to say, well, I think I can do this because, you know, I've been going to church for 10 years and, and I read my Bible every day and, you know, I'm a superstar Christian and, and I've got my check marks and I get on the Bible app and I got my little badges and all of those things are great. But whenever we become self-sufficient on our own strength, that's when we get into trouble. But we all struggle with this at times. And, and I love how Paul got, got it. I love how he lived his life out. And in my life, I finally had to come to that point where I realized that I just I just couldn't. I remember being in my room, even as a believer, thinking that that my strength, that, that being a strong woman, that it was about me. It was about my power. It was about my will. It was about my determination. And God had to break that in me. And I came to a, pl- a place, a place in my life. I came to a place in my life where I realized that I just couldn't anymore. I went to the Lord and I was like, God, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I finally admitted that I was weak. And in that moment, God's power took over. God is, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us. He's not going to force us to to respond to him. He's not going to force us to surrender to him. He waits for us to come to him and surrender. And that's exactly what I did. But it's hard, isn't it? It's humbling, isn't it? I know how hard it is. I know how much, how easy it is to want to rely on yourself because it's it's hard to admit that we can't. It's hard to admit that we're not strong enough. It's hard to admit that we need someone outside of ourselves. But we're going to go over three things that we can do in order to walk this out, to walk this thing out. And the first thing is this, is, is what I was just talking about. And it's admitting that we can't admitting that we can't. I can't, you can, I can't, you did. Amen. I love that. I I love that phrase. God gave me that a long time ago because that is the life I want to live. I live there a lot, but I don't live there always. And I hope that someday I get to the point where I literally don't do anything without surrendering to God. Amen. But our first step in this is just admitting, just admitting, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not enough. I'm not strong enough. I can't do this without you, Lord. It's coming to that place, that humbling place of admitting that. I want to read in Matthew. We're going to flip over to Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. And and we're going to read about what Jesus says about our flesh being weak. Verse 36, it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. 
Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked. Watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the son of man is delivered into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So what happens here? Jesus is literally at this moment in his life. And, and he knows that he needs to be surrendered to the father, but he also knows that he needs to spend time with him because he's fully man and he's fully God. So he has a flesh like us. He's struggling. What does he say? He says that he's sorrowful. He's troubled. His flesh is fighting against the enemy is coming against him and the enemy is tempting him. He's saying, oh, you don't have to do this. This is going to be painful. This is going to be hard. This is going to be gruesome. You don't have to go through this. You're God. He's tempting him in that moment. But Jesus knows. He knows that the flesh is weak. That's what he tells his disciples. And, and the disciples were supposed to be sitting there praying and watching. But my whole point of this is that Jesus is saying, I can't do this. You can't do this. You need to admit that you can't do this. And, and Jesus was saying that his, not that he couldn't do it, but that his flesh couldn't do it. And he's telling his disciples, hey guys, your flesh can't do it. You need to admit that. He's trying to bring them to a higher place. He's trying to show them something. We saw this with the story of Peter. Whenever Peter thought that he could, he thought that he could be strong. He thought that he could withstand people coming against him. And what did he do? He denied Christ three times times. And here they are and they're in the garden and Jesus is about to get arrested. And what happens? They fall asleep. This is what our flesh does. And so we need to come to the point to where we admit, we just simply admit, God, I can't. I'm not enough. I'm not strong enough. And this is before the enemy strikes. This is before the enemy comes against us, that we come to the Lord and say, God, we know that the enemy is going to come against us. See, whenever I'm doing things, whenever I do these online videos, or I'm doing my, I'm doing an identity class right now at my church. And when we do the identity class through our ministry in April, I know that of course the enemy is always after us. But whenever I begin to step out and do some of these things that God's calling me to do, there's always opposition. There's always more opposition. And so ahead of time, I come to these places where I have to admit, God, I'm not strong enough. If it's up to me, I wouldn't do it. You know, just today I was struggling. I woke up, I was tired. It's gloomy outside. That's why I'm in a hoodie because it's hoodie weather. It's gloomy. It's a little snowy outside. I'm exhausted. We were up late. I did my class last night. It went later. I didn't get home till just all these things. And, and I woke up and I was like, man, God, I can't do this. And I literally was struggling just to get this set up for today. I was struggling and, and the Lord was just showing me, it's okay, Carrie, in your weakness, my power is made perfect, Carrie. Let me be your strength. Let me be your guide. Let me be here for you, Carrie. Let me help you. And just coming to that place of surrender and admitting is what God wants us to do. And that leads us to the second thing. 
What did Jesus tell his disciples? He said, watch and pray. Now, he was telling them to physically watch out for him. But I believe there's a deeper meaning in this. Let's read that. What does he say? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Be alert. That ties in to our verse in 1 Peter 5. Peter's telling us to be cautious at all times. We need to be sober-minded. We need to be alert. And we need to be constantly praying. Now, this goes together with the admitting. We admit, and then that brings us to the place where we begin to pray to the Lord and ask for his help and say, God, I need you in my life. I need your strength today. Just like I said, whenever I woke up and I just wasn't feeling it this morning, what did I do? I realized that I couldn't. And then I began to pray and then I began to surrender. And then I began to say, you know what? I need more prayer. So I went downstairs and said, hey, babe, will you pray with me? And he did. He prayed with me. And you know what? God is good and he is faithful and I'm on and I'm doing the video and it's working out and I might take a nap after, but you know what? Hallelujah. We're here. Amen. Amen. So we need to come to that point next where we admit it, but then we seek God in that. We ask the Holy Spirit to come. We ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up. We ask for wisdom. We ask for discernment. I always pray ahead of time before I'm doing any kind of speaking, whether it's online, whether it's a podcast, whether it's YouTube, whether it's in person, a class or at a church, wherever I'm speaking, I always pray ahead of time. I always ask God for wisdom. I always ask that God fills me up. I always ask that every word that comes out of my mouth is only him and not me. I prepare ahead of time. I think this is so important for us because I need his strength in the middle of it because sometimes I'm just not quote unquote feeling it. Sometimes I'm just like, well, it is what it is. I'm going to go and open my mouth and I'm going to trust that God is going to speak through me. And that brings us to number three. Number three, it's to have hope in the Lord. Now, I want to read this, but then I want to tell you guys a story. So Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. This is so beautiful. I love the scripture so much. It says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. See, we can't depend on our flesh. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. There's something about having hope in the Lord that renews our strength. Some of you have let hope go out the window. Some of you have let go of hope and God is saying it's time to get your hope back on. It's time it's time to start having a positive expectation that something good is going to happen in your life. That's what hope is. Having a positive expectation, listen to me, that something good is going to happen in your life. Oh, the enemy has been coming after you. He's been pounding you. He's been coming against you. He's been throwing every fiery dart that he can think of. He's using darts from 10 years ago and he's using new darts and he's been attacking you and God is saying it's time to get your hope on. It's time to stand on hope. Speak of the things that God has done in your life where he has been good and faithful. Stand on those truths, just like David did. God helped me kill the lion and the bear, and now I'm going to kill this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen. That's what God is calling us to do. 
That just came up in me when I began to read that. So whoever you are listening to me, it's time to get your hope back on. It's time to start hoping again. It's it's time to have a positive expectation that something good in your life is going to happen because God's done it before and he's going to do it again. And even though right now things aren't looking good, God is in charge and God is good and he is faithful. So stand on that. All right. So they will, they will, let's see, we'll go back. We'll just start over. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths go grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Now listen to me on this. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Oh, I love that. And this verse is used so many times and there's so much with this. And and when you study, I actually studied um, a long time ago. I looked up some things about how eagles soar and I just found this absolutely fascinating. So I'm going to read you guys something that I found. This is probably from like 10 years ago. It says, when a bird is gliding, it doesn't have to do any work, Mm. but it can't stay in the air forever. The wings are held out to the side of the body and do not flap. So we have a posture of surrender. Oh, this is so good. As the wings move through the air, they are held at a slight angle, which deflects the air gently downward. Pushing the air downward causes a reaction force in the opposite direction. You will notice a reaction force anytime you push it against anything. Mm. So the more it's pushed against, the more it stretches out and up. Amen. The reaction force is called lift. Lift is a force that acts roughly perpendicular to the wind surface and keeps the bird from falling. Now listen to this. There's also air resistance or drag on the body and wings of the bird. This force would eventually cause the bird to slow down and then it wouldn't have enough speed to fly. To make up for this, the bird can lean forward a little and go into a shallow dive. That way, the lift force produced by the wings is angled forward slightly and helps the bird speed up. Really, what the bird is doing here is giving up some height in exchange for increased speed. This is such an amazing picture. All we have to do is surrender and lean into God. So many of us lose hope in the midst of our struggles. So many of us Give up hope in the midst of our struggles. When the enemy is coming against us, when we need to hold on to hope the most, what do we do? We just, we give up and we give in. And and this is exactly what the enemy wants us to do. In order to be strong, all we have to do is surrender and lean in. It's not about us, guys. It's not about our strength. It's about his strength. He'll take us through. He'll glide us through. He's the one in charge. He's the one that's going to get us through. He's the one that's going to give us the strength. It's not about us. I can't say that enough. It's not about us, but it is a struggle, isn't it? Man, all we have to do is admit that we can't, ask God for help, and continue to hope in the Lord. Continue to stand on the truth that he is good and that he is faithful. Continue to speak out loud. And you know what? I think something that's really good to get into a habit of is in our prayer time when we're spending time with God, start out by thanking him. 
I started doing this a while back and man, it just changes the way that I pray. It changes my demeanor. When I wake up and I'm first spending time with the Lord and I start thanking him, oh my gosh, it just completely changes my day. And not only that, we can also, when we're out with our friends or we're out on a date with our spouse or we're out with people, we can tell our testimonies. Our testimony isn't just something we tell on a, cha- on a stage in front of a church. We can tell our testimonies of the things that God is doing in our life. Instead of gossiping, maybe we should go out and we should talk good about God. Maybe we should tell stories about things that he's done. That is going to help us hold on to our hope. That is going to give us hope. And you know what? It's good. It's contagious. It's It's going to give other people hope so that when they have things that are coming against them, they'll be able to stand on your testimony. They're like, well, God, you did it for them and you're no respect of a person. So you're going to do it for me too. God, I thank you that you're going to get me through this fire and I'm going to have no burns, God. I'm not going to be completely dismantled because you are good and you are faithful. You've gotten me through this trial. You've gotten me through that trial and you're going to get me through this one, God. You're going to give me the strength to be able to not be knocked over, to be able to not give Give in and give up. God, thank you that you are good and that you are faithful and that you are my strength when I am weak. Amen. Amen. So I hope this message was encouraging to you guys. Make sure that you come back next week um, because we will be going over the I, which is immovable. What does it mean to be immovable in Christ? I look forward to seeing all of you. Um, Let me pray. I almost forgot to pray for you guys. All right, so let's pray. So Father, I just thank you for everybody watching, God. I thank you that we don't have to be strong in and of ourselves, God, that we don't have to rely on ourselves, God, that we don't have to look to ourselves, God, that we can surrender to you, God. God, that we can give this, this strength that we think that we have, we can give it up to you. We can, we can trust that you will be our strength, God, that you will give us every strength that we need to do what you're calling us to do. God, if that's something small or something big in the moment, God, that you're going to give us the strength to do it. If it's a job or if it's talking to somebody or if it's confronting something or if it's stepping out and, and uh, doing worship on a stage or if it's whatever it is, God is going to give us the strength. Amen. God is going to give us the strength. We thank you for that, God. We thank you that you're good. We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that we can come to you and that we can ask you for the strength. We thank you that you are faithful to follow through with that, God, that you don't just leave us in the dark, that you don't call us to do things and just leave us on the side of the road, God, that you walk with us the whole way, God, that you already know when the enemy is going to attack and that you are preparing us for those attacks, God. We thank you, God, for giving us wisdom and discernment and strength, God. I ask that you continue you to strengthen my friends on this that are watching this video God I thank you that you add, that you continue to give them wisdom that you continue to give them discernment God that you get continue to give them direction in every place that they go every step that they take God that you give them direction God Father I just thank you for what you're doing God we thank you that you are good and we thank you that you are faithful in Jesus name amen 